0: Don't look at delivery as a an evil part of the business. Look at it as there's a way to profit and actually make it a great pillar of your ongoing business. And it, it allows you to build up more market share and a customer base.
1: What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give An Ovation growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation. I am joined by Michael Rowland, who founded a food delivery business, are you ready? In August of 2005, okay? He was he was doing this before it was cool. It was called btownmenus.com. Uh, now he's running Lodell as well, which is a food delivery company that services niche markets. He also runs a podcast called Bootstrapped in the Trenches, where he talked with everyone from pizza owners to comedians about the startup grind, I had the privilege of joining uh, on a recent episode, had a blast, needed to invite Michael on. Michael, thanks for joining us on Give Ovation, man.
0: Thanks so much for having me, Zach. We had a blast with you on our podcast, and I'll never forget your always be tripping mentality. I'm going to be using that from <laughs> now on.
1: And, and for those who didn't watch that podcast, uh, that's not referring to narcotics. Uh, that is referring to vacations. So always be planning the trip, Uh, but we're here to talk about you, Michael, uh, and here to talk about Lodell as well. Tell us about what does Lodell do?
0: So we're an on-demand food delivery and pickup platform. We allow customers, for that matter, to order food right through our mobile app or website. If they don't feel like cooking and want to order food from a restaurant, they can use our platform to do so without picking up the phone. So we work with a lot of local restaurants. And like you said, niche markets that are not major metros. We really focus on the smaller tier markets, such as college towns and suburbs within shouting distance of cities, but not that close to them.
1: Awesome. So now being in this industry for 15 years, okay, this is like, you guys were some of the early, early people in this industry. Uh, Talk to us about what have you seen change in these last six months that didn't happen in the, in the prior 15 and a half year or 14 and a half years.
0: So Zach, it's been pretty remarkable because our demographics have expanded on one end, right. When the pandemic started, it was right after uh, spring break for college students. A yeah. major part of our business has always been college students. So we were honestly extremely concerned at the way beginning of this because they didn't come back to school Mm -hmm. A lot of the businesses shut down, which is a lot of our business as well. So my brothers and I were talking and we were worried, to be honest, we weren't sure what was going to come. We weren't sure we were going to be able to survive, not knowing even if restaurants would be open for delivery. But what ended up happening, the communities rallied around us, we had a lot more need from their perspective. So you would have people my parents age, for example, in their mid 60s, my dad being one of them. That never would have thought about ordering food in his life off of an app or a website. If the very few times he used to order a food delivery, he'd call the restaurant directly, wait uh-huh. on hold, go through all that. But these days, the work from home culture, people have not had to go through their normal routines. They've had to shift a bit. And a lot of people have been wary about going to the grocery store because of the pandemic. So right. that's put us front and center, Zach. We've gotten business from families and older folks even that never would have been a customer of ours before. So it's been a major benefit for us where we operate, especially when you have all these college kids who are now finally coming back to the towns months later with the fall starting. But it's cool to see we have reliable anchors in these communities that we never used to be able to rely on. When college kids left for summer and winter breaks, our business left with it. Uh So this has provided us way more parity and- I think, sustainable business in these smaller towns.
1: Yeah. So is this, is this something that as you're looking at this, do you see that uh, stain or do you see after this pandemic things kind of subsiding? What, what do you predict is going to be happening?
0: You know, I think when it comes to foods, act, people are such creatures of habit. And when you, the power of what we do, when you lure somebody into the mentality of ordering food delivery or pickup, even right. if they're, they're just doing it once a week or twice a week, that's easy to stick with. You know, even when we get back to normal, there's a cure for this virus and people are comfortable going out and about. I think now that they have our app on their that digital real estate on their phone or have us saved to their favorites on the website, as long as we're engaging with them and connecting in the right way. I I think that is here to stay. I've even talked to some people one-off about this that have been new customers just to pick their brains. They're like, oh, this is great. We're going to use you forever now. And I'm sure there are a percentage of people that will never order delivery again, but I think food is very unique like that and it'll be easy to keep people sticking with it.
1: Well, especially as people are getting better at delivering the food, right? Um, Because that was always my big holdup prior to the pandemic was it took too long to get here right
0: Absolutely. And it,
1: it by the time the food got here it was soggy it was cold um and so i only really did delivery on like the most extreme situations right uh but now i feel like things have improved a lot i feel like people are getting better at uh people are getting better at like, you know, actually getting the food to the customer. It's faster. Packaging is better. People are putting more time and care into it. Uh, Are you finding that as well?
0: Absolutely. I think there's been just so much more money dumped into the space. And as much as I've hated competition, I think the advantage of that it educates the masses way more on the process and it provides way more for the space where all of a sudden you have tools for restaurants and for customers to be able to track their food, track the drivers, and have accountability that didn't really exist a few years ago at all, where someone like yourself, Zach, might think twice about ordering a pizza if you had no idea when it was going to arrive.
1: Yeah, exactly, right? To to me, I had so much more comfort in ordering and picking up than I did in delivery, right? And then, you know, it was always like the delivery tip and things like that, where it's like,
0: it adds I'll,
1: up. I'll save so, I'll save some money and just go pick it up right
0: for sure and that's the thing I always tell our customers too. anybody that complains about a delivery fee I'm like listen we also have pickup if you uh, delivery is a convenience act when you think about it it saves time there's a reason it's more expensive and if somebody has a problem with that they can order pickup if they don't want to pay a delivery fee we offer both options and, you know, we'll always have promos with free deliveries as well. But I always try to keep that in perspective for people. And they're like, why is delivery expensive? Because it's saving you a lot of time. Yeah. Time is money. Yep. And,
1: and that's the thing is it when I've been in a pinch and it's been more important for me to like continue having a meeting or a brainstorming session, yeah, we'll get delivery because I'm willing to pay for it at that point, right? Um, sure. So as you, look at, as you look at the demographics that are using delivery now, you're talking about your dad. Um, have you found the demographics of people who use deliveries also changing?
0: Yeah, we've seen. So, our major customer base, is, like I said, has mostly been college students and working professionals over the years. We're based in Boulder. A lot of our business that we've sustained and been very loyal with has been those huge catering orders from all the businesses in town. They've all shut doors, at least temporarily. So we've seen a shift and yeah, our demographics have definitely gotten a bit older the last few months. Obviously, naturally, a lot of that is college kids haven't actually been in the town. So when we look at our data, we're seeing way more family orders and things of that nature. But yeah, Zach, there's no doubt there's been an expanded roadmap of the age group. I would say before the pandemic, you never really saw somebody, I don't want to pinpoint an exact age on this, but Anyone in their fifties and above, I don't think we're really big into food delivery. There's yeah. anomalies, sure, but now that's shifted. You're you're seeing people that are my grandpa's age wanting food delivery because it's easy. Yeah, and I
1: think that that that's totally right. Is that it it has gotten so much easier, right? And I think that's been a huge thing. Is about lessening the the work for consumers to actually. Uh, To do it, right? So as you look at the, you know, lessening this work for consumers, as you look at, you know, more and more people doing it, do you see this becoming something that's as popular and more popular than even drive-through? Or do you see it always kind of being like that supplementary, um, you know, it goes dine-in, drive-through, and then delivery?
0: You know, Zach, I think it's definitely has its place on that uh, mantle uh, as much as drive through, especially now we talked to yesterday on our podcast, the founder of 16 Handles, the Froyo shop, the Froyo franchise in New York. And he was highlighting how a lot of his uh, future locations are going to be way smaller because it's way more cost efficient. And he's seeing the impact delivery and pickup have had. He started as a self-serving Froyo business. But he's even said the writing is on the wall where delivery is a profitable engine for him. And I think we've seen it firsthand in our markets, a lot of restaurants that have relied on storefronts that they've had to spend a lot of monthly rent on that they can't make sense of throughout this pandemic, they're shifting gear. So I think as long as it's affordable for the restaurateur for their rent situation, Delivery makes a lot of sense. And that's where we come in. We want this to be a profitable business for the client. We're not interested in being a processor. We like to be a partner where a restaurant feels comfortable working with us long-term, not a, oh, we need to work with them or else.
1: Now, now that's one thing, Michael, I do want to talk about, right? A lot of people that I have on this podcast and that I've talked to who are restaurant owners, operators, they all say the same thing, which is you know that these third-party delivery companies they are the enemy they are just gouging us we just cannot survive on these uh on these margins um so what what do you say to that
0: what i say to that zach is we are the beauty of us being self-funded and not having a board or a bunch of vcs to report to that need to be padding their wallets we're here, we're a family run business and we're, a commu- we're community builders. We're here to work with restaurants. I'm friends with Bloomington, Indiana owners that I met as an 18 year old before I started this business. We talk all the time and they give me scoops of our, what's going on with our competition. They'll throw their salesman out the door saying, never come back in here. That's, and you know, that's the thing. You can't buy that. That's not something you can write a check for that type of rapport. That's yeah. people helping people. And I, I think that's the space we've been in that's been so jaded. There's been so much money dumped into this space where our our competitors haven't really cared about making money at all the last few years. They've just cared about acquiring users at all costs. The, the times have shifted a bit now with this pandemic. Restaurants have seen, well, we need to survive and actually make a living here. And a lot of these companies are processors. Like you said, they're the, you know, it's one of those things, the restaurants like, well, if I don't work with them, I might go out of business. And that's where we've come in and we offer very affordable rates. We go in there and make it where, Hey, we want you to work with us. I started this business. We didn't even do delivery at first. We did online ordering and helped bring restaurants that did their own delivery more business. So I've always had the mentality of, listen, let me walk the walk for you. You don't owe us anything unless we bring you business. That's how our model is. We only charge a per order fee that's very reasonable and way less expensive than the big guys.
1: Dude, that's awesome. So why would someone uh, use the big guys as opposed to you?
0: Well, you know, they're big companies. You know, they're powerhouse brands, the Ubers, the Doordashes, the Grubhubs. If you're a restaurant owner, some of them look at it like, and I get it, they want as much business as possible. So we have certain clients that work with everybody. If I yeah. was a restaurant owner, I wouldn't want to deal with so many one-offs like that. But in saying that, I understand there's a time and a place. And that's our thing. We're never trying to get clients to get off of competition. We're trying to be a preferred partner. I want the client to get as much business as possible. So I'm not going in being like, get off of Uber, Uber immediately, man. Come on. I'm more yeah. looking at it like, listen we want you to get business from everybody. They're all great companies. Here's what we bring to the table. We would like you to be telling your customers to really be ordering from us because it makes you more money ongoing.
1: Yeah. Well, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I, um, especially as people look at these, these kind of third party delivery companies as an acquisition model, as opposed to their source of revenue, right? It's, it's a way to get customers. Um, and it seems like what you're trying to do is bridge that gap and say, no, you, you don't have to look at it as an acquisition model. Um, and you don't have to get, you know, killed by all these delivery fees. There's a good balance there where you can partner with a company like Lodell, right?
0: Absolutely. And we also have the tools if the restaurant wants to do their own delivery, we're all about it. We have restaurants that do their own delivery on our platform too, that get charged less than restaurants we deliver for. So we always have those opportunities where it's like, listen, you don't want a third party provider. No problem. We still have the tools to provide you to offer a great delivery experience for your customers.
1: So let's talk about that. If someone is owning their delivery experience, you know, they're they're using you, but they have their own drivers or anything like that. What tips do you have to create that great delivery experience? Because a lot of times, you know, uh, in, in a recent survey that we did, it was over 90% of those that we surveyed have had issues with delivery, meaning mm-hmm. that the order was wrong, it took too long, something like that. Um, and, you know, recent data shows that almost 40% of deliveries have have uh, issues, especially mostly surrounding the food not being correct, right? So what, what advice do you have around creating a great guest experience with delivery?
0: The, the big thing, Zach, is the accountability of when a customer is placing an order from a restaurant, they are having an understanding of what's going on with that food. How long do I have to wait for this? And then on the restaurant's end, if they're doing the own, their own delivery, They need to be on top of uh, the timeliness factor. We've seen in the numbers, if a delivery takes longer than 40 minutes, it becomes problematic. Every minute that elapses, people are more likely to spend less time on your platform. So that's our happy medium. That 40 minute mark is what we really pride ourselves on because when it gets over that, sure, 45 minutes is all right, but we really try to stay around that 40 because we've seen we lose customers if the order takes too long. So I think it's about the restaurant being able to have the technology, so their customers know. Oh, I ordered a pizza from this guy. Why isn't it shown up in two hours? There shouldn't be a guest and chat type of thing.
1: Yeah, and that's the whole thing. Why Domino's, you know, with their pizza, their pizza oven conveyor belt thing. It's just about it's about expectations, right? We, we talked about dating a couple on our last couple conversations, and so much of of life, and uh, from food to dating. It's about setting and meeting those expectations, right? And yeah. that's, that's how you build trust. And that's what true loyalty is. Loyalty isn't punching in your, your phone number somewhere or downloading an app. And loyalty is trusting a business and having that business meet, that, uh, meet those trusted expectations. And so I think when you set the expectations, it's gonna take you know, half an hour and it takes you know, 41 minutes. It, that is a long 11 minutes, Right, Especially if you set when you're the ex- exactly right, and if you set the expectation, it's going to be forty minutes, and it comes in thirty. It's like, whoa, that's awesome. So I think I think a lot of it too. I I love that the accountability and uh, that forty minutes is a good thing to note. Um, so so Michael, what would be your final piece of advice to restaurant owners operators who are watching listening?
0: My piece of advice is don't look at delivery as a an evil part of the business. Look at it as there's a way to profit and actually make it a great pillar of your ongoing business. And it it allows you to build up more market share in a customer base. I think it's about making sure you know what you're signing up for and making sure any service you're working with really understand those fees because the way some of these contracts are set up, they're pretty deceiving and, it it shouldn't be a gray area. There's no gray area with our business. It's very black and white. A restaurant knows what they're signing up for. And I think that's really important for any restaurateur, especially with how dining has collapsed the last few months. They yeah. need support.
1: Yep. Love that. So here, here are my key takeaways. Number one, delivery is here to stay. We have heard it time and time and time again, and Michael. Um, I, I truly believe that as well. Delivery is here to stay. Two, demographics are shifting. A lot of people are using delivery now. It's no longer just a young thing. Uh, three, find companies that are going to help you with delivery that partner with you, that aren't constantly gouging you. Four, um, for a really good delivery service, make sure you have accountability and, and hit that 40 minute timeline. And then five, don't look at delivery as uh, an evil necessity look at it as a as a specific channel to help grow your business uh, Michael thank you for joining us how do people find you follow you uh,
0: thanks so much Zach so my Instagram handle personally is food trumps all uh lodell hq is our Instagram you can download our app lodell l-o-d-e-l or go to our website lodell.com and hopefully we'll be in your market soon enough we're expanding throughout the mountain west as we speak
1: awesome Michael, for being so rock star, for running your podcast, helping people get the the good word out there, that entrepreneurship may be hard, but it's always worth it because it's fun in the end, right? Uh, Today's ovation goes to
0: you. So thanks for joining us, Michael. Thanks so much for having me, Zach. You're the man. Talk to you soon, buddy.
1: Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to ovationup.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.